how can you really own who you are and find like beauty in the ordinary of your routine and your life and those little moments of being present with people but then also connected to okay I'm have peace with myself but I'm also really excited about what's coming next what's happening in the future so magnetism to me is really bridging the gap between what I want and where I am but not making where I am a bad thing the fuller you feel in yourself the more effortlessly things are drawn towards you Welcome back to the North Star Podcast. Today I have Amber Lyon of Modern Mind on the show and I'm so stoked to share her with you guys. I just had a stutter because I'm so giddy. Um, <laughs> she's a writer and a magnetism coach and oh my gosh, she is, as I say to her at the end of this episode, she is like, proof is in the pudding with her in terms of magnetism. She has the most gorgeous aura I swear I I don't think I've ever met anybody with an aura as like golden gilded as her she is just such a jewel <laughs> I know you guys are gonna love her so much this is such a flowy almost like chit chat girl chat conversation with depth and I really appreciate that I've said a few times now on the show that these are my favorite episodes to listen to as a listener because it really feels like you're sitting down and just surrounded by a few girlfriends and you're also learning and getting wiser all at the same time. And those are my, also in offline life, those are like my favorite friendships. The ones where I'm like, so happy, feel so blessed to be sitting with this human and also feel like I'm growing just by being in their presence because they're adding so much to my life and having me think more. And so that is that is what I feel this episode really does. And for that reason, I truly cannot wait for you to listen to it. So we talk a little bit about Amber's childhood, about some of the difficulties she had that led her to writing and how she really came to claim this path, this life that she has now. And she really lives, in my opinion, she lives a beautiful life. She's so in alignment with her purpose, with her truth. And that all plays into, of course, her magnetism. And she's just the perfect guest for this show. This show is all about living, creating a life where, as I tend to say, where your internal world is reflected in your external world. And so, yeah. That's what Amber is. I, you know what? I feel I'm, I'm, I'm in just like this glowy high from just talking to her that I feel like could get into a real ramble of just praise. So I'm going to not, and I'm going to let you guys dive in to the episode because it is a really good one. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Check out her book. Uh, it's available for pre-order and check out her Instagram page. If you don't already know them, if you don't already know her page, that is you are in for a treat and that's it that's it for me I really hope that you enjoy listening to this episode with the one and only Amber Lyon I'm from New Zealand originally I grew up in it's so yeah it's so fascinating it's not I'm sure you have the same thing with Canada but you don't really appreciate it until you live somewhere else and like just those like little things that you know, you sort of overlook when you're there. Mm-hmm. So I have a newfound appreciation since leaving New Zealand for it as a country and as a home base. But I grew up there in a ski town, moved to a larger city when I was 20, 21, and then came to America just really soon after. And wow. I've been back and forth since, but living back since my boyfriend and I took a year off to go traveling and then start of last year we came back settled into New York and that's like home base now so yeah. I understand what it feels like to like be in also in a space that's not yours you know in, in the sense that with when you're with a partnership or in a partnership you're picking that place essentially it's inspired by that person it's still your oh, own yeah. choice mm-hmm. but you it's 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 an interesting thing to navigate going into somebody else's world and finding, keeping hold of yourself in that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really is. I mean, I mean, it's extreme when you don't even know the language, but even without that, 
even without that. I can't imagine, yeah. It's just, um, yeah, it is the whole thing. I mean, it took me two years to like meet a friend that I genuinely, like I've met people, but I feel like a real friend who I'm like, feel like oh this is a really like I actually want to spend time with this person you know like like, oh I just should socialize maybe I should just like shove myself at the door but to (laughs) truly find like a good friend took me like two years so it was you know it's a challenge and there's a lot of pressure you're trying to catch up to someone that's been 20 something years in that place and built all these relationships and you get there you're like oh I have to like collect my friends as quickly as possible (laughs) you like grab around you and you're like oh I actually don't even think I really like these people that much but you have to start somewhere and nobody tells you that when you move to a new place you know you kind of think like oh immediately meet my people but that's so funny to hear because same right you know those times when you're just like out for even if it's just like coffee or I'm like out for coffee with this with this girl and I'm like she's so nice (laughs) I I don't know how much more I have to say in terms of the pros like we're so different I'm I I know especially the stuff that we'll talk about like the growth Mm. isn't there there's no desire for that there's a little bit you know like those people who are like also like kind of like anti all this stuff yeah like start very sarcastic about it I'm like I feel like I can't even really speak about anything other than like you know like this is not even like a hobby of mine it's like part of my personality so (laughs) (laughs) like I can't even hide it (laughs) yeah 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 like this isn't like something I do for fun like you know (laughs) I actually get so I got really offended when someone said you like yeah like years ago like when like I guess like wellness was becoming more Mm -hmm. of a thing but this girl said to me yeah like the trend of wellness like we should we were like doing stuff together she's like we should include in the in like a former like business venture we should include it because like you know wellness is such a big trend now and I was like what yes it's so funny it feels like you know even in America there's so much of that they're like oh it's like these things that they're trying to like a checklist like going through to try to tick off and it's so disingenuous I mean when you see a brand you know they're like trying to like be like oh we're like this you know it's like I know you just like hired someone that told you you should be doing that and it like comes off so like cheesy when it has that intention behind it Totally. Which is very interesting. Like, do you, do you credit your, I'm so curious about your whole journey really, but like getting into it a bit, like, does it stem? Do do you stem like the writer that you are, like the coach that you are, does it kind of stem from your upbringing? Do you think a little bit like with the New Zealand background or not at all? I think, I think for sure. I think every little seed like there are many seeds that we follow in life and some come from later in life and I'm always I like to like talk about that because I think it's important to celebrate the possibilities of like new seeds of desires coming through but for me writing was very much like day dot (laughs) beginning of when I was very young I remember like writing poems when I was a little kid and I think the reason why I was drawn to writing and really like leaned into that as like a practice as a part of when we're talking about wellness, like yeah. my wellness practice, my connection with life connection to like what I refer to as like probably like source and like universe and God and all those words interchangeable mm-hmm. writing was like my vehicle to go to that space where I felt like really connected to everything. And that probably came from, a desire to connect because I was so disconnected from like my family unit growing up and I had my father was addicted to drugs and wasn't really there for us as a family and it was very difficult to kind of see someone still present in your world but not capable of showing up and capable of even taking care of themselves let alone a family unit so I think for me, writing gave me this really safe, sacred space to just get everything out and just be honest. There's anyone that like may listen to this or have had this experience in a family dynamic, especially with addiction, there's a lot of like hiding and a lot of like washing over things and, oh no, everything's okay. And it's not that big of a deal. And it can sort of feel like your truth is suffocated in that by trying to present as this like healthy, happy family. And so you need some outlet, to be honest, because no one can live like that. Yeah. And writing really 
I think came from that seed of like, I just want to be honest. I just want to be truthful and get it all out. And then over the years, it's sort of changed and adapted as I've grown as a person. I'm trying to deduce experiences down into like a singular truth or whatever my singular truth is in that moment of how can I navigate this experience with more ease or how can I understand this better? And for me, that helps when I try to understand life, I understand myself and others. So that's sort of where it came from, which I think even like what you're doing, like, do you feel like the seed came early or came later for that? Yeah, I, gosh, I mean, of course there are moments in life. Like for me, I had an, a pot, like I, I worked in the fashion industry for a bit and it was extreme, like it, it burned me out. I mean, so many people have this story. It was like, the industry was really fast, burnt me out. And where, and then where did I kind of go? I started had started having panic attacks ended up going to meditation like so there are like certain pivotal moments absolutely but then it does sort of harken a little bit back to the past because you speak of writing and for me as well that was like a thing like I remember just like I mean my stuff was pretty um I mean maybe there's a deeper meaning in it but I truly remember writing stories about my grandma's dogs and like uh, you know stuff stuff like that it was was but it was an outlet and and there are like through lines that you see I in my experience at least from childhood, but then there are have been like these like pivotal moments where it was like, okay, that's sort of what like ricocheted me, let's say, mm. to this place. Right. What part of the fashion industry are you from? I'm looking at you. I'm like, are you were you a model? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just like on the di- well. When I started, I was more like editorial, that kind of you know, magazines. Um, yeah paper the worst side of the industry yeah (laughs) paper magazines when paper magazines were dying I was like please I just need to like and I was like um an intern for a long time anyway then I ended up in like the digital um digital marketing space of a company in Paris and it was just sounds cool was just not for me but actually Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was cool for people for me it was tough it was a tough space like a lot of a lot of work very little pay a lot of toxic talk body stuff people think French people are so um effortlessly a certain way and in my experience it's not true (laughs) (laughs) well as most things in life right (laughs) right yeah so that's I mean that's really beautiful I love that you had that like honest conversation but do you think as a kid like you were were you aware like I need an honest space or was it just like something you kind of went to no yeah I think and now being older, like going back and reflecting, I think that's the c- conclusion I've drawn sure. on it. But like as a kid, I just, the only way I can like, I'm a, I'm a visual person. So the way that I see it is like, I was like a glass that was being poured into and I was overflowing and I needed to put that overflow somewhere. And I think any, everyone, every single one of us are creative, but I think for people that are particularly drawn to the arts, I kind of feel like that's coming from that overflow there's just like something it's just like this overwhelming need I need to get this out and for me just writing was the vessel to which I like was like okay this is where I'm putting my flow you know yeah and it's just been it's so funny because I think a lot of the time the things that feel so natural to us we think everyone else is really good at or that's just like innately built into everyone and so it took a really 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 long time for me to actually own writing as like a skill and as something that was a gift of mine and also something that I have been working on for years and years and years and years and years and giving myself I saw I guess credit for that and I think that's quite difficult for anyone you you do something that feels very natural for you and it's really hard to actually see oh no this is my gift and let me channel my gift and let me like really like hone in on this and validate this for myself because without validating it for yourself it's almost impossible to then go out and seek validation from other people Mm -hmm. you're just like in this perpetual chase so I would say there was such a there was such a journey with writing about being this really private sacred space and kind of just getting things out and that was just a practice that happened throughout like my teenage years and into my 20s to then this transition like you said this like ricochet moment where I was like no now it's time to really own this and claim this skill and claim it for my life. I love this so much and I want this to be a part of my daily routine and my daily world. 
let's see what happens and then really yeah I suppose like just take ownership of that skill set and I think that's something that even I have a lot of people reach out to the page and say you know how do you do this how do you do this it's like you just got to claim it mm-hmm. as soon as you claim it the doors will start opening but you have to claim it for the doors to open whereas a lot of people go up back to front it's like oh no I'm just gonna go knock on the door and see like do you want it do you want it do you, oh. do you, do you like my skill set you know versus yes. saying oh, I have this I own this this is something I'm great at and like validating that experience mm-hmm. is that something you've sort of experienced yourself kind of like different skill sets that you've either sought validation for or validated yourself and kind of the difference in those two ways of approaching things it's funny because the easier the easier the older I get um it's almost like these conversations can become more conscious like I asked you about being a kid and you're like well yeah it was like more of an unconscious thing that you kind of do yourself to but as an adult like when again like leaving that industry that I was like okay this is my identity like if this is who I am then if this is not who I am and I thought this is who I am then who am I and going into these conversations with myself there was a point where I was like Mackenzie what are you naturally good at like what have people told you and so there was this moment for me and it took time for it to sink in for me to accept it but there were things like um you do coaching work I do coaching work and like with that work I'm like well I know that people feel like safe with me I know that there's always been like this like sort of like safe space in general didn't necessarily know that that was like a thing that people did us outside of like therapy but I think it was like yeah there were points where I started to ask myself that those kinds of things and rather than shy away from it as you were saying like oh like maybe and I was like so shy and like cagey about it at the time like maybe I can maybe I can believe in And and it's so funny because you have to claim it in order to like to fulfill it. Right. But when you're being asked to claim it, you don't feel ready to claim it. Like that's just like I'm gonna put that out there. Like you don't you every person I know I've worked with or like even including myself, I felt like an imposter. When you first claim right. it, you're like oh, like you're holding it and you're like, This isn't mine, this isn't mine. Like I don't deserve to be holding this in my hands. Right. Like someone else is better at this than me. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that's actually just like a part of it, that that's like actually just something you're going to face every single time that you're claiming new things in your life. And it's just about your nervous system and your belief system playing catch up to your mm-hmm. actions. And there's that lag time. And yeah. in that lag time, doubt is just dancing away and taking over and grabbing the wheel. Oh. And instead of seeing that as, oh, like this is a sign that this isn't right it's it's actually a sign that's just that's just a natural part of the process of Mm. taking ownership of your life and trying new things and showing up in new ways and I'm always blown away by the especially with working with clients I think one of the most powerful things I'm curious your thoughts on this has been just the how much we all share in common and how much of the same fears come up and how similar our journeys really are yeah and I thought you know where everyone's different has slight different takes on things but really when you break it down it's just fear <laughs> of what's gonna happen am I gonna be okay I don't know if this is gonna work out for me how do I navigate like a new challenge mm-hmm. like very human things and I think we've like put them in a box and then especially in a world of social media where you see only the end results of things or supposedly the end results of things there's not enough leeway given to people and their own psychology of it's okay for there to be a delay it's okay for things to take time it's okay for me to walk forward and doubt myself and I feel like there's not enough dialogue to bridge that gap and so we kind of get stuck on one side of the bridge being not willing to walk over because we're not realizing that it's all of the things that we're feeling are human and just a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, d- absolutely. And I think in my opinion, and I would love to know yours, it's like, I feel it's because it's hard to talk about that messy middle kind of when we can speak about, and even now, like it's easy for us to sort of speak about these sort of defined maybe places that maybe we were young and maybe like our lives are a little misaligned and then moving into that space it's like well yeah I kind of did these things and then I it's hard to kind of talk and sometimes it's also like a 20-year journey or like how long mm-hmm. it is for people so it's kind of hard even in a podcast that's long form such as this or 
um, other ones that you've had or uh, other ones you've been on. And I believe you host a show as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, like it's still, it's still kind of hard sometimes to, to talk about that part. Like even for yourself, when you were speaking about claiming, you know, this, this place, like what did, maybe we should go there. Like, what did that yeah. look like for you? Like in, in sort of tangible ways, did you, how did you start showing up differently? Were there things you were saying to yourself on daily basis or new things that you were doing or how did that look for you? Just so for total honesty, like for coming from, I suppose, like a, a childhood where there was like a complete lack of security security was something I really deeply craved moving into like my own adulthood and creating that for myself. And that sort of just looked like, okay, what's the most like secure career I can like create for myself. And so I went and studied property and I was working in like a property development firm. And although it was really like interesting and fascinating, I really loved that. Like there was this, this larger calling and maybe like, right, 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 right. You need to be writing, you need to be writing, you need to be writing. And I think each of us have these own like little whispers of things that are coming through these little intuitive hits and like downloads of nudges, I suppose I like to call them of sort of trying to guide us, this emotional GPS system guiding us to something, you know, and it's really hard to trust it because there's no evidence or validation. And especially for people that don't see the fulfillment of that around them. And that's the thing about our own callings is that you often not see an example of it around you because it's your calling and you're the one that's going to expand that pathway for other people. So there's a lot of like faith, disbelief, Mm -hmm. all tied up in that journey. But being back working in the office and I really struggled, like I really struggled to walk away from or create even space to pursue a creative passion because it was so in conflict with this like deep need for security. And when I started Modern Mind, I very intentionally didn't put my name to it because I was embarrassed and I was nervous and all of those things of owning this part of myself that I didn't really see around me. And I thought that people would judge me for it. If they read it, it was very intimate thoughts and reflections kind of felt like I was sharing my diary, you know, like online. Totally, yeah. And so... I, I want to share that because I was working in a career, you know, my nine to five job, and I was sort of like starting this hobby on the side. And there was no part of me that was like, oh, this is going to blow up. And like, this is going to be great. It was every part of me was just like this, like terrified kid being like, oh, I don't want anyone to find this. And like my mom followed it. My sister followed oh, it. Oh, that's yeah. hard. <laughs> that's harder than strangers. Your yeah. mom, I mean. Um, so... It, I, I, yeah, I think it's important to really share the origin of it because I th- it's it's just a part of building something as like all of those emotions like tied up in it. And I really didn't expect anything from it. And I think that was also really key to the continuity of like me posting and really showing up for it. So I was still working in my job and still posting every week. And I would I really prioritize making it a consistent thing for myself. And instead of it being for some outcome of, oh, I want to become a writer, really like I want to write the book, which has always sort of been in the background. I took that pressure off it because the pressure to perform is going to like almost kill like any desire or the seed of something before it has a chance to go for itself. And I really just broke it down to, okay, this is something that has been in my heart for a really long time. How could I honor this? And how could I just build this into my week as a practice for myself? And just sharing it and sharing it from that sort of seed of desire instead of it has to have this many followers or it has to have this much reach or, you know, it has to grow at this rate. Because that specifically focusing on the process instead of the outcome allowed me to, for the next two years, really like be consistent. And it became this like beautiful practice for me where I felt really in flow when I was engaging with it. I didn't worry whether people were how many likes it got or how well something did. Cause it's like, this is like something that I just love doing for myself. And then from there, I think it was two years in that the page really started to like pick up momentum. But again, that's been, it's, it's such an afterthought. I know that sounds so strange, but it's such an afterthought to me because even when today, when I wake up and I'll post something, it really just comes from that same practice of joy and really like mm-hmm. the process of something. 
So for someone to kind of tie back to your question, for someone that's like trying to claim something, just letting yourself engage with it and just creating a sort of, because it's really easy to deny ourselves of our the, the little callings when we just say, oh, someday, 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 but that someday should be now. And what ways can you create a container for that you don't have to make it something to perform. You don't have to put it online. You can do it in the privacy of your home, even if that's just like, you know, just gets put in a drawer or something. Say it's a painting or writing, whatever, drawing. But creating, okay, twice a week at this time of day, I'm going to go sit down and create 30 minutes for myself to engage with this. And just repeating, 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 because even if you never share that, you will be fulfilling part of your soul's calling in that process. But without the container of consistency, you, it's it's too easy to let things slip. And I, yeah. I'm curious at your thoughts on consistency specifically with yourself and maybe even with clients. Like, have what have you noticed with the power of consistency? Because that's something that I see like time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. And I assume that, I assume that you're probably working with people of a somewhat similar kinship to the people I'm working with in the sense that probably people are coming to you. They're a little more creative given you are, I I'm, I'm gathering and just also knowing your page. Of course you are. Um, and yeah, I've found often, not always, but often there is this sort of, well, I'm, I identify in this way. And so there's a bit of a pushback against things like consistency because it feels like too square. For yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, so, I mean, personally, I find, I mean, it's, it's, as you're saying, it's sort of the needle mover. It's what makes such a big difference. And I don't know if there is a bit of a personality type that does sort of find it easier to work with. Cause I am personally very organized and I also feel like I would be a disaster if I wasn't because it's like sort of what you're saying it contains everything I like it contains the thoughts and you can be kind of like creative within this containers but I have found it doesn't it's something that I've had to work with in more it's a little more difficult with with some people that I do work with who really are like I can't do things on a regular basis and like even knowing my boyfriend that's how he is and so I, it, it's, it takes a bit of like finessing to try to see, okay, like how can we work with this so that it does suit you and you're not pushing it, it because I think foundation, like at, at like a base level, like it is, it's a huge, it's a huge thing for kind of getting things done. So <laughs> it's the foundation of which everything else relies on. And I think as someone also that identifies as like, a very like naturally non-organized non-linear person it was a real it was a real struggle for me to like start introducing that especially when it comes to things like play so I see like creative pursuits and those sort of like intuitive nudges as play because we're so hyper obsessed with productivity that it's really the idea of scheduling play feels like in conflict with like the whole idea of like routine it's like what you know, play is what happens like after your routine. It's like, no, no, no. We have to routine our play so that we actually like be, are able to build it into our weeks and fulfill yeah. that like very human craving desire. So that's something that I've really come across in the past, I suppose, like four or five years of creative play and really mm-hmm. like scheduling that into the week alongside other healthy habits that give me yeah. the foundation to show up as myself more fully. What because does that all look like for you out of curiosity, like the creative play or the, and, and the habits truly? The habits are first and foremost, which I like to call like non my non-negotiables. And those are three or four things that I usually do either throughout the day or just like first thing in the morning. For me, the first thing in the morning is like the most sacred time of day and right before sleep as well. It's also just when you're like most susceptible to like new information and being swayed emotionally so first thing in the morning waking up before I need to I've recently introduced not looking at my phone for at least the first 30 minutes oh it's so nice I haven't (laughs) done it in spite of people talking about it so I go on I need to hear why it's so nice because it's inspiring (laughs) I think we've lit and I'll 
come back to my habits, but with yes. let's social media just run rampant in our lives and to the point that I don't think we're even cognizant of like the effects that it's having on our mental health as much as it really does. I think we there's this, you know, the conversation between social media and mental health. So we're like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like I know it's probably not the best for me. I should stop, but I'm still spending three hours a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like first thing in the morning. I think, you know, this whole conversation about like boundaries with friendships and families and loved ones, but also boundaries with yourself, boundaries with the ways that you engage with things. And I think for me, I really needed a boundary with social media because I probably like most other people, but I'll speak for myself. I can be swayed by things that I see online and it sows these like little seeds in my mind of like negative self-talk or it will spin me on something that otherwise without opening my phone and looking at social media straight away I would have been able to really like set my boat up to sail for the day whereas now I'm caught kind of stuck in the side looping on something that is really irrelevant to my day and my life Mm -hmm. and what a waste you know what a waste of energy what a waste of like my capacity as a person to show up for myself and so when you look at it like that for me is like clear signal oh no I need a boundary here because when I engage with this thing it's not making me feel good so I need to figure out a way to engage with it in a way that feels like safe and good and healthy for me and so that morning time and right before sleep is sort of where I've introduced that I'd like to extend those boundaries out good for you I think it I I imagine it must be harder right before sleep right because or maybe not how is it for you like in the evening I try my thing with social media is that I think we don't realize like how much it robs our relationships and the ability and capacity we have to be like present with the people around us mm-hmm. and things like when we're at dinner or at coffee with a friend and like, you know, when you're sharing something and they pick up their phone and you immediately just feel your heart close over. Oh <laughs> my God. I just talked to my therapist about this. So yes, I do. <laughs> and it's hard because we've normalized it, but it's like, it's almost as if like someone's like interrupting you in the middle of what you're saying to say, hey, like, yeah, that's a nice thought, but let me just check what strangers on the internet are doing for a second. I'm just like, like the weather app. It's just like anything. Honestly, we're so addicted to like everything, like checking our our, our, our email in the middle of yeah. someone's sentence. It's crazy. It is crazy. And I think it, I like, I try to like build in like tolerance for it because I know it's not a personal thing, you know? Um, I tend to be like quite like, I like I have to communicate if I'm upset about something with someone especially if they're picking their phone up because I I think there's nothing like more beautiful than like two people sitting down and like having a conversation like even something like this like what an honor to like have your full attention and that I feel like so grateful for that and I think it's really easy to lose touch with like just how much that means and to give someone the space to share and to feel really like loved and held and an experience and interaction. And that's true connection. Mm -hmm. And there's no supplement for the in-person, like face-to-face connection, especially when it comes to something like social media. And you know, you like, we trick ourselves to be like, Oh, it's I'm keeping in touch with so many people and my messages, but it's like, dude, pick up the phone, like call them. You're like, you know, you know, I'm all for a meme when I'm scrolling, but like, let's just like figure out like is this really like adding value or is this like taking away from like hobbies that you would have pursued if you were on your phone or like the conversations that you would have had because you would have called your friend instead of just messaging them online and like I wonder what would have come up in that phone call that couldn't have come up and just like messaging one another you know what I mean like you just a hundred percent you'd never go as deep and so I think that's something that's I've been thinking a lot about recently and especially as someone that has like a social media page and that's like where my business is yeah really like finding a relationship with that that I find positive I think I love the idea of you know being a positive part of someone's social media experience but it's also why I'm so excited about the book to like take stuff offline so that someone doesn't have to be on the battlefield you know to get that information (laughs) That's such a good point because they can pick it up before they go to sleep and it can be part of this wind down experience you're talking about and their nervous system's not like just light and blah 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 and like all this stuff and that's amazing so you're not really on it 
at least a half hour prior to bed. And I assume it's helping as we're, as that kind of started the relationship talk, it's helping in your relationship probably with your partner, your boyfriend. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. I think he is also really good with that. And I think maybe because like, I'm also like, he's aware that like, I'm like, ah! <laughs> but um, he's always present with me. And that again, is something that's so important. We like have conversations in the evening and like, little things come up and I even like boundaries with like tv shows and stuff like that making sure we have bonding time separate to like mutually engaging with like social media or just like watching series or watching a movie and like actually having a conversation there's time for all of that like I'm not like anti like Netflix like (laughs) I love Netflix as well yeah Yeah. but just like applying awareness to the ways in which you engage with it and so that was a tangent based on this morning routine, but something obviously that wanted to come through. But it's so, it is so important. I'm glad you went there with, with that. Yeah. Um, so no phone for 30 minutes in the morning. <laughs> I always drink water, meditation, movement. And it's so simple. And I recently did a challenge with my community about this as like a seven day thing just like seeing the shift that can happen like physically and psychologically from like just showing up for yourself like even if it's just 30 minutes in the morning and like getting some positive habits in your whole energy changes for the day and I'm I'm curious like what are what are your non-negotiables sort of in that morning space or throughout the day yeah it's it's um I have to just comment that I I agree that I, I think about this all the time. We talk about this. It's so almost over talked about that all of this almost sounds cliche, which mm. is actually doing us a disservice because in that, I think it's so easily lost. Like someone says they meditate and drink water. Like uh, I heard that six times yeah. a day. And you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah. but like when you actually do it, it makes a difference. And that's why like for me, I catch myself because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, you like slide off track sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it does feel really good when I do these things in answer to your question. I don't know if you're familiar with superhuman, like Mimi Bouchard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love her stuff. I love it. And so I, I listen to that. I um, Most days, actually, I was going to say not necessarily every day. I don't know if I do anything every day except for like movement because I am a crazy mm. human being. If I... Uh, at least I'm not getting a walk-in or doing something down on the mat like I I don't know how people live without like moving even for like 20 minutes it makes such a big difference it's like the number one thing for me um but aside from that it's some form of meditative practice whether it is superhuman or whether it's like a slow breathing sort of breath work situation those are things that for me just make so much of a difference and what I do like, not this is an ad for superhuman, but I do like that she has implemented it so that you can have it stack it. So you're if you have that excuse, like I give myself all the time, oh, you got no time today. Like you cannot sit yeah. down. In those cases, actually often I just also go to YouTube and I type in five minute meditation and like whatever pops up, I'm like, we'll just do that because I'm yeah. just like, I just needs to be short and it will make the biggest difference in terms of like how... I feel and how connected to myself I feel because I love writing but it doesn't happen for me every day is that a practice actually for you I is it an everyday thing for you with respect to writing most days you know it's funny I'm just curious before I dive in like your movement are you familiar with human design yeah are you like a manifesting generator or a manifester? Cause like you're like the fact that you can't sit still, I'm like, wait, I need to know. No, I think I'm just like crazy. I'm actually a projector. I should probably oh, not be you. doing that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know what it is though? It's like working from home. Also like most, like my boyfriend's not home. I'm like, part of it's like seeing human beings yeah. outside of my computer screen, which like, it's very lovely to see your beautiful face right now, but <laughs> I need to at least see humans and that's like part of what it is for me it's like sort of like a not true not it's not a deep form of socializing as we were were talking about but it's it's something that I think we all understand given the pandemic and how we were forced to not to not go out so I was reading something about that recently because that was a huge cultural shift for me coming from New Zealand which is like you go to the cafe like twice two days in a row and they're like morning like you want your regular and you like have a conversation you get to know one another and it's 
you know, you bump into people outside, strangers even, and you just like have all these beautiful little positive interactions. And then like moving back to New York last year, it's like, just for like, like story time. Mm -hmm. I went to the same cafe almost twice a day for like six months straight. And it took six months for me to then like start the conversation with the barista and we're like talking, we're like, like kind of now we make small talk, but like even still it's like all limited. I'm like, wow. Like it's such a like shift. There's so many people, I guess that's the thing, right? There's so much foot traffic coming in and out. Yeah. And I, I totally respect it. I understand it. It's like so busy and like, you just don't have the capacity to like give to everyone in that same way. But I found that it had, I was really struggling with my mental health when I moved back to New York. And I think I tried to talk to my boyfriend about it, about the fact I was like, you know what it is? It's like, I feel like I'm not having these like tiny little interactions with people that are just like these beautiful little moments. And I don't need to like sit and talk for someone for 40 minutes, but I need those positive little touch points throughout my day to like feel connected to other people. Mm -hmm. And so I really, truly understand where you're coming from with that and kind of like tangent from the writing question but I'm curious how you look after your mental health working from home because you know it's difficult it's really difficult and I think even for people that work remote or even like hybrid but working mostly from home like this applies to anyone either working for yourself entrepreneur or working Mm -hmm. from home like obviously this is something that came up during the pandemic but like also like now post-pandemic it's not something that we're really talking about Mm-hmm. but it's something that I think a lot of people are really like struggling with like myself included like it's challenging yeah it it really is and like I'll go th- because in Helsinki I will say it's wild the um, I used to go out to cafes like literally every day because it made such a big difference in how I was feeling and then it was like mm-hmm. holy cow the price of coffee here like I'm spending a fortune yeah. doing this like I mean some sometimes I'm like you know Mackenzie this is like whatever just put it towards you'll like write it off for taxes it's like your office like sometimes yeah. I'll rationalize it but then other times I'm like oh I just saved 40 euros this week like not going like that's wild yeah. just like so sometimes I'm kind of I'll, I'll think about this and I'll have too many circular conversations with myself but when I'm feeling like in the mornings usually my boyfriend's here so like when he's here in the mornings I'll just work from home because I'm like I can get interaction with him it's more that I see him more which is nice in the mm. evening I'm like such an early bird that I'm like barely human I'm like oh like I don't like yeah. I don't want to talk past 9 p.m please god like don't 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 hug me don't do anything like yeah. I just want to be by myself <laughs> So in times like that, I'll stay home and I'll have the engagement with him. But when he's out early, I think the biggest like thing that makes a difference though is being like, okay, I'm spending four euros and I'm going to sit down somewhere mm. and I'm going to be there for like it's a long time. So if I'm not having meetings and talking to people um, and so in the grand scheme of things, if it's not breaking your bank, I think that is a huge thing like during the pandemic it was so that was like the heart I was like one of the lot and I, hopefully we're not so sensitive anymore I'm not sure but like when the pandemic was like getting cracking down in Toronto I was like mm. I'm gonna be the last person at the cafe I will be the last yeah. person because I can need this like I don't care if it's just me and yeah. the baristas which it was I was like I'm yeah. good I'm, I'm, I'll be here you can find yeah. me it's it yeah it's it's that like transition of like, oh, we can do everything digitally now. And even like things like workouts, like I love these right. workout platforms that are online, but like, please, like if you're listening to this, don't, and I get it, like save the money that you need. And like, I really like place an importance on figuring out like what your value systems are. And like, maybe if you're right. more introverted and you have those social connections, you don't need that. But if you're someone that works from home and like really is in that world, it's such a net positive investment to like go get out and put yourself in environments where you can connect with other people in person yeah and I know it's like hard to justify at times it's the same like I I feel I'm on the same boat but especially with yoga and pilates which have become three times the price of what they used (laughs) honestly it's it's so funny because it's even like in New York it's like the subway there and then the class right. and then the subway back. And it feels like this whole deal, you know? Yeah. It's about out logic, out logic. And then I'll go and I'll be like, oh, why don't I do this every day? You know, yes. Like feeling of just That's like it. <laughs> human to human connection and the priority of that. So 
to that point of like those little interactions, they did like a study on people that even those tiny little interactions of saying hello and having that positive interaction with where you buy your coffee or the bookshop yeah. that you go into, those are positively impacting your physical and mental health. Like oh. you are more likely to live longer, healthier, a healthier life if you are having positive interactions with people on a daily basis. So if not, mm. if you can't justify it, remember that you're actually investing into your like health bank account when you have those positive um, interactions, which when I saw the science behind that made total sense to me because intuitively I was like, of course, you know, but so much better. validating to like see, oh no, yeah, our relationships really like have such an enormous impact on our lives, but not just our closest relationships, like all those tiny little micro interactions we yeah. have in our day are yeah. also really positive for our mental health. And all those examples you gave are literally all the ones that I can identify with. And those are my go-tos. It's like, if it's a Friday when I try not to work too much and sort of have those play moments, which I would love to to also ask you about, but <clears throat> sort of having that like creative day of like going into the bookstore. And mm. sometimes it was like, go to yoga, but then it like often didn't happen. But at least the ones of like going to the bookstore, for example, is so accessible. I think to anybody who's listening and you don't even have to buy mm-hmm. you can just ask the the bookkeep like or whatever they call them bookshop um ladies or men yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know for a recommendation and that's already something even if you don't buy it and you do sometimes what I do and I then I go to my library app and I'm like okay where <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh it's my. so nice to yeah. look around and see everything yeah. and pick things up and touch them yeah. and just like reconnect with that and you know I I wish I had this, you know, this whole conversation around, especially like magnetism, which is so much the core of the work that I do, really boils down into these like simple practices. It's like where practicality meets vision work. And Mm -hmm. I think when we solely focus on the practicality, we sort of like sometimes just get into this rut of like repetition and our lives just kind of feel like going through the motions, you know. But when we solely focus on the vision work, we sort of get caught up in this like idealizing the future and like not being fully present and then kind of waiting around for something to happen instead of like making that thing happen ourselves. So like the melding of these two worlds, but not in a way where it's like, oh, I have the secret, you know, like I'm not, I'm not trying to say that there, this is the only, this is the only way of doing things or that I have this like mysterious habit that will change everything. You know what I mean? So I, I understand when people are sort of like disappointed when you d- deduce down that, oh no, it's really just like your daily habits and like finding practices that help you to like vision your lives and in a meaningful way and in an inspiring way and really connect with your authenticity and all of those good things, but also just like going to the bookshop to get the positive social, social interactions and like finding ways of like building positive habits into your morning that set you up for the day. Mm-hmm. Like it really is like so within reach and like so achievable and so simple that I think people are like, what? No, like I thought there was like a pill. Like, can you right. just give me a pill for it? <laughs> oh my God. I love that you say that because I'm all, like one of like a huge thing like that it has always kind of annoyed me about <laughs> the sort of like growth or especially the spiritual growth space is, is like when people speak in such a way, it's like all this jargon, like so much jargon, you have no idea what they're saying. And then it's like, and here's the magic formula that like, you might think you're doing it right. But like, if you don't know, you might have to ask me. And it's like all of this. And I'm (laughs) like, excuse me, like, truly like what? And so when you said that, like, it's, I think it's so grounding and so refreshing for people because it's like, oh, I can actually do that. Like that is accessible to me. And I can't believe that where where we are because I feel like you're just so easy to talk to that like we I can't believe that we've only gotten to this now so if you have like five more minutes then we can talk a little <laughs> of course yeah 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 I, I know just... I look at this now at the time I'm like oh but it's a great conversation you know when the time flies like that you're sort of yeah. just like and again like that's something that can only really happen when you're like fully present with an experience is that you like lose touch with it like yeah okay wait are we at 30 minutes and we at 40 minutes you know so I'm glad yeah. and as a listener and I'm not sure about yourself but as a listener I generally enjoy stuff listening to that kind of flow more than here's the journalist listing off their questions maybe in yeah. that case I could have taken notes but it's just a little bit less of a joy so 
Um, with respect to magnetism though, because that is the other part of the work that you do that, sorry guys, we just got to now in the last few minutes, <laughs> um, but you have a whole podcast. So I think God, they can go listen to you. Yeah, they, can listen. they can go to your page. I can write, read your writing. Um, but you did just sort of describe that, um, maybe not a secret formula, but a beautiful, mm-hmm. um, formula in a way of how to sort of be your most magnetic self. Is there any way that else that you would sort of describe what a magnetic person is or like the mm, a weird way? To no, that's, that's the perfect way of describing it truthfully. I think, you know, especially moving away from like, oh, someone else is telling me how I should be in order to get what I want. How can you be more truly yourself so that all of the things that align with you and your highest good and your highest purpose can then be drawn towards you because you are those things. And instead of trying to embody, you know, X, Y, Z from someone else's like course or the the way that they're being in the world, being magnetic is essentially knowing something about who you are and owning who you are, being at peace with yourself, connected to a vision of what you had. It's not that you have to, you know, disconnect from the desire of wanting things for your life or wanting to grow or wanting like different experiences but it's knowing that achieving a a career milestone or a financial success or getting a new car is not going to change the level of peace that you have with yourself. And that peace is such a core part of the work that I do of how can you really own who you are and find like beauty in the ordinary of your routine and your life and those little moments of being present with people, but then also connected to, okay, I'm have peace with myself, but I'm also really excited about what's happening coming next what's happening in the future so magnetism to me is really bridging the gap between what I want and where I am but not making where I am a bad thing Mm. and I feel like a lot of the work that's out there at the moment especially the narrative around manifestation is that you know you're going to be bigger and better and everything it's it's really wrapped up in like this ego journey and there's like a hollowness in that and I think this the word magnetism really resonated with me because it feels full. The center of it is the core of it, which is who you are. You know, the center of you is the core of who you are and the fuller you feel in yourself, the more effortlessly things are drawn towards you. And that's really the shift that I found helped myself and the work, even with clients of really just finding ways of like, how can you really truly fully lean into who you are and own all parts of yourself while working towards, you know, maybe developing a different skill or expanding into a new career or a different experience but making the present moment the most important part of that whole equation you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. that's sort of kind of how I break it down to someone especially when I'm first working with them kind of explaining you know there are a lot of terminal exactly as you see jargon out there so I don't want magnetism to add to that but I think I really as a visual person love the word because of that like Mm-hmm. it's radiating from within out and that sort of visual side of it to help understand what that process really is yeah wow what a beautiful description also to me really differentiates you from a lot of people because you are um simultaneously focused on the present and making the present more more full as you're saying more beautiful that is so that is so incredible and what I will say is that even though we just spoke about this topic in this particular way at the end you being you and everything that we talked about is also to me an example like of you you've sort of been walking the walk in your life but then also here in this show of like retouching in all these subjects and you being in this like beautiful energy that you possess is like to me such um you're like a walking testimonial for your own work so oh I, Liz, thank I, you yeah, yeah so I mean I'm just I'm so grateful I will ask a few things about where people can find you and also your so your book is not out yet is that or, or is it out pre-orders are coming okay that's why by the end of the month fingers oh. crossed I'm like working everything out with the publishing house so fingers fingers crossed perhaps by the time this is out the pre-orders will be live but the book comes out in June internationally so I am just like on the moon at the moment like we're only like five months out it feels so surreal and yeah such a testament to yeah, really like that claiming element that we were talking about earlier and you claim something for yourself like it is totally within reach and possible for your life you know so 
and as an example of that you know I didn't yeah. I'm, I'm not any more special than any other writer out there like it's just a way of like claiming what's yours and your path and mm. there's such a beautiful it's a beautiful experience to like be on the other side of kind of what we're saying you know when you're in the middle of it you can't really talk about it but you know the other side of it you can a little more yeah. easily yeah just as a little faith for someone that may have that desire to write a book out there go claim it it's possible it's within reach yeah. it's you know so but thank you for this conversation and the space I'm like so grateful like just free flow conversation totally, nothing totally. better oh my gosh yeah and so for everyone it is the best hub your Instagram modern mind is, is there somewhere else that you feel people should because I think everything's sort of directed from there if I'm not yeah everything is sort of via my link tree out or on the modern mind page but I'm also on modernmind.earth which is like my favorite like website <laughs> I mean if there is no more beautiful website I mean that's incredible I, <laughs> yeah. I love I, I just had to like I wrote at the very top of the page just now because I'm like even just looking at it and I've already been on your website but even just looking at the but, words and the letters and as like a wordsmith I'm sure you yeah. thought about it <laughs> you're like this I couldn't believe they even had it I was like yes <laughs> but oh yeah I'm on, I'm on there and yeah just the the Instagram page is where I'm most active and kind of just right putting my thoughts out you know <laughs> client wise are you taking people on at this point or not really I have one space in February actually that's still available um I work with people for four weeks okay. and then transition out so I should have some more um availability in March as well but okay good because it's probably out in February so this will be in time for <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so much again such an honor honestly I love talking to you please I know I'm like oh I like have to come to like Italy <laughs> please I would I would love that thank you so much for joining us on the North Star podcast I am so grateful for your time and your presence. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can send me a DM at Mac Castro on Instagram. I mean it when I say that I'm really always happy to hear from you, be it with regards to your insights gleaned from this episode or with regard to your own unfolding journey at large. I do believe that we each have our own North Star and it's our duty to do the inner work to get to know ourselves so that we can live in harmony with our souls, carry out our calling, and serve others with the gifts we have each been uniquely blessed with in this lifetime. Thank you again for joining us, and I'll see you next time. Of what you had, it's not that you have to, you know, disconnect from the desire of wanting things for your life or wanting to grow or wanting, like, different experiences, but it's knowing that achieving a, a career milestone or a financial success or getting a new car is not going to change the level of peace that you have with yourself. And that peace is such a core part of the work that I do of how can you really own who you are and find like beauty in the ordinary of your routine and your life and those little moments of being present with people, but then also connected to, okay, I'm have peace with myself, but I'm also really excited about what's ha- coming next, what's happening in the future. So magnetism to me is really bridging the gap between what I want and where I am but not making where I am a bad thing Mm. and I feel like a lot of the work that's out there at the moment especially the narrative around manifestation is that you know you're going to be bigger and better and everything it's it's really wrapped up in like this ego journey and there's like a hollowness in that and I think this the word magnetism really resonated with me because it feels full. The center of it is the core of it, which is who you are. You know, the center of you is a core of who you are and the fuller you feel in yourself, the more effortlessly things are drawn towards you. And that's really the shift that I found helped myself and the work, even with clients of really just finding ways of like, how can you really truly fully lean into who you are and own all parts of yourself while working towards, you know, maybe developing a different skill or expanding into a new career or a different experience, but making the present moment the most important part of that whole equation. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. that's sort of kind of how I 
break it down to someone when especially when I'm first working with them kind of explaining you know there are a lot of terminal exactly as you're seeing jargon out there so I don't want magnetism to add to that but I think I really as a visual person love the word because of that like it's radiating from within out and that sort of visual side of it to help understand what that process really is yeah wow what a beautiful description also to me really differentiates you from a lot of people because you are um, simultaneously focused on the present and making the present more more 